Okay. So I turn Bella. off the notification before I do that. So oh. I don't have like all these beeping sound. Okay. <laughs> do not disturb. Yeah. Oh, okay. or one hour. Okay, that's good. <laughs> All right, cool, cool. So, um, Donna, thank you so much for um, joining us to talk about your latest um, work in becoming an even more, uh, I guess, skilled healer. <laughs> and, uh, and also talk to us about, you know, winter and preparing for people who might have forgot the last time we did this. Um, but I just want to introduce our audience uh, to you who might not know you already. Um, uh, you are a licensed acupuncturist, Odonna Chang, sorry, um, L-A-C, um, M-S-O-M. <laughs> what does all that mean, M-S-O-M? Master of Science, and back then they call it Oriental Medicine, but they're taking okay. that out, so <laughs> may change that okay. part. Yeah. <laughs> okay, where did you study? Uh, and um, the... Uh, AIMC Berkeley, so that oh. is the uh, Acupuncture and Integrative Medicine College in Berkeley. Yeah, yeah, they've been around a while. Yeah, they yeah. have. Yeah, and you are a licensed acupuncturist and herbalist, uh, body intuitive practitioner, holistic nutrition and lifestyle counselor, transformational coach, and and you um you know you write about you know uh, I'm, I'm actually on your website Alameda Community. ACU.com, um, mm-hmm. who we are. And, and you write that uh, you founded Alameda Community Acupuncture because you are passionate about making trauma informed holistic health care widely accessible and you love being in community. Besides being an acupuncturist and herbalist, you're also a healing guide. Uh, you write that you love guiding people towards a deeper understanding of the stories behind their symptoms and a deeper connection with their bodies innate healing wisdom and you grew up in Hong Kong and uh and you're also uh, a visual artist you're a painter and uh, people can read more about your um your background there um and you speak English Cantonese and Mandarin and uh and I, I was just thinking about how when you were talking about um sort of helping um people uh understand the stories behind their symptoms and a have a deeper connection with their bodies and innate healing wisdom. I wanted you to talk a little bit about um, storytelling and and how um, uh, you know in this conversation and in this getting to know ourselves, uh, you know our our bodies, our organs, you know our systems have stories. And when we settle and we're quiet, we can actually hear and get to know ourselves a little better, and then work together on. Mm-hmm healing whatever might be presenting itself mm-hmm. yeah well, thanks first of all thank you so much for having me here I think it's the third time I'm on the show yeah yeah uh-huh. so yeah the storytelling that's a big part of healing and I just um also want to sometimes I separate between like um uh history and and story because sometimes like story is what we tell ourselves what, about what happened or what is ha- happening or what will happen and so that is that's a little bit different from um, the history. Mm-hmm. It's like some uh, you have like one event that happened. You can have like ten people retell um, the story, and they will like say like want they will emphasize on different things, and they may have like different um, emotions um, that like like from that event. 
and they may even have like different narratives uh-huh um that's like from that same event so so the stories that we tell ourselves um is a big part of our um, lives and it's a big part of our healing journey and um well there are a lot of research that shows that how um when we rewrite that story um our trajectory of our healing path can also change yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so true um well um i'm one of your patients and uh yes um and coming to see you i don't know a lot of years um well before that i was i was coming to see you (laughs) uh yeah um i mean three years like exclusively (laughs) but um yeah i i don't know i have to go back and check check my uh my receipts (laughs) to see when i started but um yeah you know since i i live and work in alameda um you are you're my neighbor and so um yeah uh goes i don't know i'm not sure um i'm thinking five six or so maybe more years yeah we've been and we've been in the same location for the last 11 years Mm-hmm. Um, yeah yeah because so. yeah, because i i noticed you you know like when i walked i used to have a friend who lived on <laughs> on santa clara and, and you know you're right there on the corner yeah. of, of lincoln what's that cross street right there where you are mentor mentor yeah yeah i mean it's like and it's you know bright and welcoming with the big windows and the, mm-hmm. the graphic <laughs> and now it's just had a new facelift so you can't can't miss it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um so I've been um yeah I've been a consumer for a minute and and have enjoyed every minute of that I always feel uh so much better you know just I mean when I step into the space the energy is just so welcoming and uh I always feel so much better you know, when I leave. Um, so yeah, so my body thanks you. Yeah. <laughs> and my energy, which, you know, is flowing, thanks you. Um, but uh, And it's basically, it's the co-community, everyone who come, who that contributes to the energy of the place. Mm-hmm. And I remember like, sometimes we get comments um, of like how, um, how people were like, oh, they're lying on the table. And even before, I start needling they're already feeling feeling rested and um yeah so that's something that i appreciate so much about um our community members people who come to the clinic and you all make it yeah the place it is yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah because i i know um you know in a in a more clinical setting like for instance kaiser offers um acupuncture but it's not community acupuncture. You're in the room by yourself, mm-hmm. uh, which feels different because in the, uh, the community acupuncture setting, you're in the room with other people, you know, also um, in chairs or lying down, mm-hmm. you know, getting healed. So like you said, you know, the energy, the healing energy is circulating. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there, I think there's more energy, more power in that kind of healing than in being in the room all by yourself um uh, so yeah so it's a different experience I've had I've done both <laughs> the only thing with Kaiser it's for pain management only and so you only get so many um 
so many visits. Mm-hmm. But it's so funny. I I run into um, uh, clinicians who who work <laughs> in the in the in the uh, uh, the community acupuncture settings mm-hmm. as well, <laughs> and and they talk about some of their mentors. So it's kind of cool because I would always mention, "Do you know this place? Do you know Donna? Do you know Jorge? Do you know?" you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they would say, yeah, I'm studying that, that, that. So it was like <laughs> pretty cool, you know, like they're, they're at Kaiser now, but they're going to be in the community. And also community acupuncture makes it more accessible, like you mentioned, for everyone. Mm-hmm. It's not as expensive mm-hmm. um, because yeah. you want the healing. There's a whole philosophy around that, that we have spoken of before. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to spend all our time talking mm-hmm. about something that people can go and watch, you know, from the archives mm-hmm. um, or listen to from the archives. But um, you, um, I don't know if you want to like maybe sort of give a review of of your um, the coaching method, um, and um, and then we end up with the uh, the uh, Elaine Duncan work um, that you're currently you know um, uh, immersed in uh, the dial of trauma and um, in the polyvagal theory uh, meets Chinese medicine. And uh, the the uh, somatic experiencing, uh, the five phase theory of traditional Chinese medicine. I'm just sort of running through my notes here, <laughs> and and trauma response. Um, you know, trauma response. She works uh, with she she worked with veterans and established a whole protocol around that. Yet, um, you know, there are a lot of us you know, that have um, experienced trauma, you know, mm-hmm. as children, and now we're grown people, and we're still trying to work that through, because as she mentions, um, uh, what did she say, that um, um, we've um, developed uh, a way to function, you know, despite, you know, these things that are going on inside of us, that, um, you know, from from the trauma. And so she mentioned that um, a lot of times when we come into alternative therapies, the practitioner might not know (laughs) what we're dealing with because we present wellness. Uh, We present everything is good when everything is not necessarily good. And then she mentioned, uh, which I thought was kind of interesting, the five uh, element approach to neuropsychology. And she mentioned these points um, and she mentioned like these points in the ears. Um, and she said, if it was gonna be a long-term relationship, then they would do it this way. And if it was gonna be a shorter term, she called it the high five. Um, and so anyway, and she mentioned acupuncturists without borders as a, as a space. And I'm like, oh, that sounds interesting. Acupuncturists without borders. Are you one of those people? Are you a member of that group? <laughs> no, no, they do have, um, I don't know if they have staff acupuncturists, but I know they definitely have volunteer programs and mm-hmm. um, like for acupuncturists to like go into different parts of the world actually um, to do acupuncture in places that have like, say they just had natural disaster or some some um something that's like um, catastrophic that happened and um they will um so they work in different areas that like it's really where people are really in need of acupuncture um but that like they don't may not have regular access to it and um 
but like I that's the extent that I know about um, acupuncturists without border I think it's beautiful work that they're doing very important in this age and time and I, they do have a lot of training programs as well for acupuncturists um, uh, to do more field uh, doing more field work and also um, so that so that um, they're also trauma informed you know Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, do you want to give us, you know, some background on yeah. on your your um your work and your expertise, and then we could we could land and spend the the the, the remainder of our time, you know, with um, you know, the whole work around um the polyvagal theory and Chinese medicine and mm-hmm. addressing trauma and mm-hmm. and though that his history because trauma is history um that's still living in us. I would I would presume to um uh to say mm-hmm. um and a lot of times that history is in the basement <laughs> we don't know that we've got a basement mm-hmm. and and then sometimes you know you know what's in the basement comes up and uh and overwhelms us mm-hmm. so it's kind of good to um be aware of of what we're carrying you know ancestrally um presently because it's a present experience if a person's been through some things and I know for me it, it also revolves around memory because sometimes I forget the things that are traumatic yeah but they're in my body my body remembers but I mm-hmm. I don't remember mm-hmm. until something triggers it and I'm like oh what, what is that you know yeah so um yeah so so I do acupuncture and like for different conditions, um, different health conditions and uh, especially like with pain, chronic pain, a lot of like women's health issues. And um, but there are a lot of, um, of my patients are coming uh, because they have um, sometimes it's like say, oh, they sprain their ankle or or when they're moving, they tweak their lower back. But then a lot of times people coming to acupuncture because they have chronic conditions. And um, and these like chronic health conditions, like over time, what I realized is that uh, Chinese medicine always recognized the mind, um, body and spirit and how, how like something, uh, one condition, it can actually... Um, uh like it can affect us like emotionally and like um and then sometimes like our emotions can also affect our health and and how and like so like over time what i realized especially in the last three years um i've been like really immersed in more um nervous system healing and um studying and also practicing coaching and um and because also what i realize like when I'm doing um wellness coaching or health coaching is that like there are a lot of um things that what people think of as like say to um improve their health that like say for example you need to be doing certain certain health habits um but uh for someone who has a lot of trauma and we all have trauma to uh, different extents um often like that actually impacts like how we go about our day and how we go about our lives and how we take care of ourselves and our bodies. And, um, and so sometimes it's not so much about like, okay, you know, what, uh, what healthy habit uh, would like say be good for um, this condition. And then like, 
you just expect them like to just do it and that like all will be well and like it's not quite that simple like for example smoking right <laughs> like um if it's like so easy to say like okay you know about like if the information why smoking is not so great for you and um that you know the statistics then you will just quit like if if it's that simple everyone would do it right <laughs> and it's not so um so so a few years ago, I started branching off um, and study more in, ter- in terms of like how, um, like, like uh, in terms of behavioral change and also like how, and also like just like understanding like how, um, how to regulate our nervous system. And, um, and what I also realized, it's like all these things, they're not just uh, uh, going to help with um, someone, let's say, resolving a health condition, but it also can um, help them move on with their life in a in a way that is more true to their highest self. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about um, you know um, this this work um, with uh, the Polyvega theory in Chinese medicine. And uh, yeah, you, when you told me about it, it just sounded so exciting. So maybe you could explain it, like what is it, and and what are you doing presently with it? Yeah. How is it? How is it? You know, expanding your um, your healing toolbox. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, the primary uh, coaching work that I do it's based on um, it's called like Aletheia coaching, and that is uh, a method for self unfoldment. So a lot of times like in coaching or when, even when people are trying to improve their health, um, um, it it's comes from a, a standpoint of like, say, um, I want to improve this aspect of my life because um, it's because like, this is like deficient in it. But a lot of times like what um, we also have to realize, like say, for example, um, when I say like, oh, I have this condition um, and then there's a difference between like, say, um, like seeing ourselves as deficient because I have this illness, mm-hmm. because I've done something wrong. It's my fault. And, um, but like, instead of like saying, feeling like, oh, okay, my body's going through this uh, health conditions and, um, but also seeing myself as whole. And um, instead of like something that needs to be fixed. And so like in an unfolding approach, like what we, what I do is like when I um, sit down with someone and we really like really check on like what is present, what is present. And sometimes like um, we don't know until like, say um, you really sit down and like start doing some breath work and then you realize, oh, this is present. Or you may be telling a story and um, and uh, when I, uh, like say, would invite someone really checking in like what their body's uh, sensing, what they're, what's they're sensing in their body. And, um, and then like, it's like it unfolds from there. And so, so that's like the, the primary, um, I would say like the essence of our code, of my coaching work is like really bringing back, like say helping someone to be present with what is here. And sometimes like there are a lot of things that we don't want to face 
And then sometimes like that's part of our survival response. And um, that's probably our trauma playing out. And um, so there's a, a, um, inquir- a, a way to inquire and uh, about it, but in a gentle way, because like with trauma, what what we always want to be mindful of is like trauma happens when um, if something is like too much, too fast, and um, and that can like like also can um, uh, can like say when we're trying to heal a body. Too much, too fast can also happen like when you're trying to do too much or at the same time, that can also shock the body. And um, so besides too much, too fast, and then another um, uh, way that like, can, the body can go into trauma response is like too little for too long mm-hmm. or too much for too long. Or it can be, let's say, um, using the pandemic as, a, as an example, um, too little contact for too long, uh, like too too little hugs for too long, like in the last few years, uh, with like say seeing our families too little um, for too long, and especially like without inadequate support, uh, when the amount of stressors, when the um, uh, not just amount but the severity of the stressors is overwhelming to uh, overwhelm our body and that we don't have enough resources to um, to actually like, oh, to navigate that stressor. And, um, and, then, and then with these conditions and what happened is that we can heal from this, but um, sometimes like, when we don't have uh, the permission to, or space or time to heal from this. And that's how like traumas get, get stored in our body, not just in our brain, but also like at a uh, cellular level. Yeah. Mm. Like, oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, part of the coaching work is like when we, um, that is like, we also help the client to recognize the inner resources and um, when we can like, oh, even like sometimes it's like, just like recognizing, uh, realizing like, wow, you have more in, inner resources than you think um, and that you are equal to the challenge. And that can be very empowering and that can like shift our perspective into like say, and even like the perspective on what um, you think of as the story. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah, um, I know that um, our minds are, are wired to keep us safe. Yes. And so, um, so the stories that we tell are often catastrophic because, mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's all about protection and safety um, as yeah. opposed to uh, pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral. Like who has time for that? <laughs> Everything is unpleasant until it proves itself, right? Um. <laughs> I think we kind of went, went way back to like when we're in like Savannah or we're hunter gatherers when like um, anything negative can mean like you get like um, you becomes a lion's food, right? <laughs> so like so we do have like it's normal to have a tendency to have negative bias 
but then it's um but then it's also like being uh being present also or having um awareness like say like, okay you know this this is part of it and um but that might not be the whole story Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. When I was watching uh, the video that you sent me um, with the interview with Elaine Duncan, yeah. um, the author of uh, Dial of Trauma. Which uh, I do actually have this book right here. <laughs> oh, how, yeah. how is it? How's the read? Is it is it accessible for those that are not uh, medical, you know, acupuncturists, regular, like is it, it's accessible to regular people? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's definitely geared towards practitioners, and um, but then, um, but then I think like um, it it can be like there are like some really good, um, yeah, really good like writing about like just from a Chinese medicine point of view mm-hmm. uh, too, uh, and um, and the trauma cycle. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because she mentioned. Um, about um uh the ventral vagus nerve and i think she says shin and she talked about the language of the heart mm-hmm. and arousal without stress energy and then she talked about uncomfortable um so i was wondering if you could talk about you know what is the what is the polyvagal theory and connected to chinese medicine and and she talked about when your heart is calm mm-hmm. then it regulates in some kind of way and and so that, I found that really interesting because I I do a lot of meditation and they and and, and they call out mm-hmm. <laughs> um uh the vagus nerve they call it out mm-hmm. and then I've also you know I do the um uh Qigong mm-hmm. and and I know about the different uh, elements you know the wood the this, the that, as well as the colors and the sounds. I mean, it's all quite integrated, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about what is this <laughs> that yeah. we're talking about? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> can be like um, different questions, actually. So like one thing at a time, right? Oh, so totally. Polyvagal <laughs> theory, um, that's, I believe, originated by uh, Stephen Forges. And so... I think before, like, um, and there are a lot of videos that probably can go, would go great lengths into it, but uh, how it um, relates in Chinese medicine is, first of all, let's go with like Chinese medicine. We talk about the yin and yang a lot, right? Everyone uses those terms, yin and yang. So, um, so like when you think of yin and yang, um, is uh, yin is like more, um, you can think of like a quiet, calm, um, not much movement, stillness, uh, like more silence, like as opposed to like yang, that's like loud and movement upward, um, more more expansion, um, outward, extroverted, and yin is more introverted, inward. So you think of these like two oppositional energy, and like in in um, in terms of our nervous system, very roughly, you can think of like say the yin is uh, yin energy. It's like what uh, the polyvagal like be like say in uh, like um, the more parasympathetic nervous system, right? And uh, yang is like the more um, the sympathetic uh, nervous system, 
and and of course it's a very um, uh, simplified way to say it, but um, just I want to like talk a little bit about Chinese theory of yin and yang because it uh, it's basically like the foundation of like all different theories in Chinese medicine um, or in, even the cosmology, and um, so. Um, so when we talk about like the Tao uh, of, um, it's like from the Tao, like it, it emerges, like from, it's like from nothing from one that emerges that splits into two, which is like uh, the opposite two, the oppositional force, uh, yin and yang. And um, so when we talk about like these two forces, they're oppositional, but they're also mutually supportive. And that's not something that people may not uh, sometimes like talk about, you know, they just talk about these two opposites and it's not, so they're not like opposites of like they're fighting each other in a, when it's healthy. And that, um, that when one gets to the uh, extreme, let's say when yin goes to uh, get to the extreme in a healthy way, it would transform into yang. So it like, um, so just like, like night and day, right? Like one, there is like the early evening so like that's like okay starting to be yin time of, of the day um and then there's like some part of the day that's like the most dark and um and after that then like you see um a little bit of light and then you see the sunrise right and that is like the yang energy start to grow and like midday sun is like when um the yang is like the most uh uh, most dominant and then that that face doesn't last forever right um because then like once like the sun it's like peaked in the midday and then um at a certain time like late afternoon and then it starts to go down and then sometimes then like, you see the moon start coming out right so in nature you see this like this um this like yin and yang transformation um like like in in like many different ways. And like in terms of our nervous system, you can think of like say, um, when when we are in the sympathetic mode, and then sometimes and like people think think of sympathetic uh, in your autonomic nervous system as sympathetic, it's like, oh, that means like you're really anxious, nervous, is sympathetic must be bad. I don't want sympathetic, but that's not true. Sympathetic is like, it, it's a state where you, actually that moves you forwards to be curious about like, oh, wow, I really want to do this. Um, I want to like push, uh, I want to like push myself to finish this deadline. And that's, um, but then like when it, when you we are always in that mode um, and not allowing ourselves to go into the yin, um, uh, which is like the, the opposite, which is like the parasympathetic, and that can become a problem, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, but like, um, on the other hand, like say, if, um, if uh, it's so far, so far is it like, do you have any questions? No, no, keep on going. This is Yeah, great. yeah. So in the uh, parasympathetic, like you can, uh, you've heard of vagus nerve, um, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so there are a lot of like, talks and that, like now has become more mainstream uh, in terms of like how to tone your vagus nerve or you talk uh, you heard about like the vagal tone and um no, I don't know uh, yeah, that. increasing the vagal, the vagal yeah the increasing the vagal uh, vagal tone 
Um, so basically, the vagus nerve is the 10th cranial nerve, and it's the longest um, cranial nerve in our body. It goes from like our brainstem here and all the way to like say different organs. It innervates like all, all our major organs, in fact. Um, so like when you uh, heard, have you heard of uh, the gut being the second brain, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like, yeah, because so we have this enteric nervous system. That's basically like our, our gut is our second brain. Um, in fact, like our uh, 90% of serotonin is produced in, in our gut. Hmm. So, um, so, and that's like, how, how does it get like from your brain here to down here, right? So you can see the vagus nerve as the, the information superhighway. Mm-hmm. And um, so, so when you do different like um, vagus nerve exercises, and it can, like, because it innervates like so many different parts, like say it can go to like our throat. Um, uh, and like say, um, so when you do like chant, uh, uh, chanting, or even gargling, that also helped like tone our vagus nerve, right? So that, so it's a two-way information highway. Like, so, um, so sometimes when we do things, like even just like putting one hand on your heart, uh, the other hand, like on your belly and just say, like, uh, doing some deep breathing. And that also like sent information to our brain to help calm us down. Mm-hmm. And, um, and like, so, yeah, so, so, if we are like have a healthy um vagal system and like um and we and that is like the part of our nervous system that enables us to be social um mm-hmm. to uh read like facial cues and like listening to like oh the tone of the voice and um so that we can be social and also like say oh when we when we um let's say if someone um Let's say if your um, neighbors like like uh, you have a new neighbor and they're kind of loud, like uh, when we are having a healthy vagus nerve nervous system, um, we can just say, okay, you know what? Uh, what are ways that we can resolve this like in in um, uh, amicable way, so mm-hmm. that like so that you can still um, think of like so you can be good neighbors. So they may have a talk with them. You tell them like, oh, I, uh, I uh, hear a lot of like this noise. And um, when I hear that, like, uh, and this is how it's affecting me. And so you can have a discussion. Mm-hmm. So instead of like, say, if we, um, if we just go into sympathetic, um, which is like, say, you into your overdrive. Um, then you like start seeing everything or like if that's a chronic unhealthy way, then you start, you may start seeing some, like everything as a threat in a way that you need to push back. You need to be reactive. Let's say, you know, instead of like, um, go have a discussion with them, maybe you call the police or, or you (laughs) knock on their door and yell at them or something like that. So, Mm -hmm. so, um, but then like you can but then there's also the flip side, right? Uh, of like, say, the other side of the nervous system is um, uh, like the, another component of your um, uh, nervous system is um, the dorsal vagal. Yeah. Like, yeah. Imagine that, yes. Yeah, so there's like low tone and like versus high tone vagal, like low tone. And so when you like meditate and you feel calm and just like settled, 
the body is in rest and digest, and that's all good, right? But then, like, but sometimes, like, it's more like we are in high tone vagal, which is like we're just we just freeze. Mm-hmm. And um, let's say like your neighbors making a lot of noise, and then like we are basically um, uh, not just seeing it as a threat. Uh, um, but then let's say like, but then like, instead of like, say, figure out like, what's a good like way to discuss with your neighbor or like, say in the sympathetic where you're banging the door and yelling <laughs> at them. Instead, you're just like, you know, you feel, you feel really disturbed, but you say nothing and um, that you're isolating, you're freezing, you're telling yourself that like, well, Nothing I'm ever do it's gonna be like uh, able to correct this. I'm just gonna suffer, and um, no one's gonna help me. And we can like get in that state where it can be really paralyzing. And mm-hmm. even like say not like using that kind of uh, more um, uh, like example like where it is uh, um, more. Um, uh, like how to say like visual like some some of the stuff it's sometimes it's more subtle in our lives um it can like say like like an extreme and it can like cause us like say to collapse and our, our we like may feel depressed we just don't e- can't even like say um the yin that that is like a pathological yin state <laughs> yeah and um when like say yin that's like oh you can't it's not even resting um like it's like sometimes it's like you may even feel that like you're resting but then um but at the same time you don't ever seem like you're getting enough rest mm-hmm. um or that like or that or that like how our nervous system is affecting us like say on a daily uh, basis is like oh you may feel like okay you're fine but then like say um maybe someone may, may be like oh you know what even when I try to rest I'm not really resting <laughs> mm-hmm. so that's when like so it's like this yin and yang um in Chinese medicine it's like when it's like this instead of being this like smooth like like transformation like um uh naturally like just uh and that's always this tug of war. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess that keeps it interesting, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, fascinating. Yeah. 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 I guess if, um, I don't know, it's sort of like, you know, there's gravity that keeps us planted and we don't, we're not aware of that gravitational pull yeah um because it's it's there uh-huh. um similarly um having you know these two energy forces um that are part of our our lives you know uh-huh. our body our makeup um and you know the whole thing around around the balance and i think um i think when i was watching the video um i think uh the dorso was 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 um uh, akin to or or compared to like water or liquid yeah Um, and and we think about water um water uh is a really good um uh, medium to see stillness and Mm -hmm. rupture (laughs) because water moves Uh uh, when it's liquid so um 
and so uh, when I think about when I think about chi, I kind of think about you know a flow, and I think I think of water. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And 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 sort of like wanting wanting the flow to be happening, you know, like mm -hmm. not wanting to get stuck. So so how um, how how do you use this information um, in in your um, uh, in your acupuncture practice? Mm -hmm. um, you know, you know when when someone presents uh, to you, you know, for for assistance for treatment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So so um, when a lot of times I like, in sympathetic, if someone like for example is uh, in like um, sympathetic mode a lot. And like um, in Chinese medicine, because that's more yang, you know, and more so it may present as like more heat, you know, mm -hmm. and then so, but sometimes it's like the heat is in the body, it's not like in um, in a way that it's like evenly distributed, right? Sometimes we want actually, ideally, we want actually to have a warm belly and cool head, mm -hmm. um, but a lot of times it's the opposite. <laughs> We're like you have too much heat, too much energy in our heads, and um, but then our feet are cold. Mm -hmm. And um, so, so in acupuncture, we try to balance uh, like the energy. Like sometimes, like there are acupuncture points that it's like cooling inflammation. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's one way to work with it. And, um, and yeah, so like, so sometimes like when, when I uh, do some palpation before I needle, I'd always want to check like, what is the temperature like in different places of the body? Mm -hmm. And um, because I actually, when your nervous system is like, has an um, uh, imbalance that affects our body temperature as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but um, but yeah, we use acupuncture to help regulate nervous system. And um, the, the coaching, it, it, it's uh, what I also find that um, uh, coaching can be very helpful when someone always seems to experience, um, like say, a certain pattern that they can't seem to move out of. And so, uh, so, so a nervous system coaching or, or what I call like a deep wellness coaching, just like help people to learn to regulate their nervous system in the way that, um, that helps them, um, have more fulfillment in their lives. And because like when our nervous system is dysregulated, we cannot make good decisions. That's just mm -hmm. as simple as that. Like, uh, we make it, uh, this, like we may see threats um, when there something can be a very small problem, and but we may see it as like something so big that almost like insurmountable threat. And then we may make our decisions because we think that it's such a big threat, and that so it affects our cognitive skills. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. and oh, yeah. So like, kind of go back to what you mentioned earlier because you mentioned the heart and the shen. Yeah. Yes. So we're actually covering a lot of bases here today. It's like every threat, it's like, you know, people study for <laughs> for a long time. But um, so we're kind of touching the, like an overview of like different things. But um, so in Chinese medicine, um, we think of, uh, you used the term shen earlier, right? And that is um, consciousness. That's like translated as consciousness. 
And um, so we, uh, in Chinese medicine, we talk about like um, the five elements, like, you know, what you talked about earlier, but that like each um, uh, organs that's associated with the five elements also houses a different aspect of our soul. Or mm. sometimes it, it may be translated as the five spirits or the five souls, or um, or you can like I can think of it more as like five different aspects of the souls, and then there's like the um, the the higher spirits and the more instinctual um, souls. And um, I mean, like you know, different different. Um, uh, theories of like <laughs> human spirituality we use like the word souls and spirit in, in different ways but um but basically in Chinese medicines I we believe that like the, the trauma is actually stored um in the lower spirits or the um two uh, the lower uh, the soul the souls that is um in your that's basically that regulates like the instincts of gut mm-hmm. um and um so when we're fr- but then when we're frightened like say uh when there's like an overwhelming experience uh what happened is um and then i actually backtrack a little bit and then like the shen which is uh but there's like the big shen which is like uh which is like the shen that's like which means the spirit or soul that is like in our heart that is like the, you can see it as the uh the emperor that oversees like your whole body, um, all the different souls, right? That's the monarch. That's like the organizing principle of the self. Mm. Self with a big S. Um, so when you think of like when when we are um, fully like in, in our body, in ourselves, it's almost like, like, well, the emperor is sitting on the throne. And when uh, there's an overwhelming experience and like, all these like just like emotions that really rocks the your whole body and it's almost like the the um the uh the shen or the, the emperor has like left the throne mm-hmm. and um so and then like the five souls like they don't ha- no longer has a guide right and so that and um so it's like the whole empire is in chaos when like that happens like empire of your body, mind, spirit it is in chaos. You can think of it's almost like a, um, an orchestra and all of a sudden, the, um, all of a sudden, like the conductor left, like the heart, it's like the conductor. It's, mm-hmm. it's um, what regulates like the coherence of a whole body, right? Mm-hmm. So when, um, when that happens, like when that happens, um, like it's almost like um, the shun has... Like we can see that in people sometimes, right? Like when, when, like when you feel when in Chinese medicine, when we say like, oh, you know, it's like you look at someone, and it's as if their shen is not there, mm-hmm. um, or like uh, it's like kind of like you uh, maybe talking to someone, and it's like, okay, are you there? And it's like, um, it's like this. I think the analogy would be like you know, go into a a room the light is on but no one's there and um so yeah so and when and when that happened to us and it's like we we no longer would feel or speak 
or know who we are, or we think we know who we are, but it's not really our true nature. And, and that is trauma. Trauma mm. is like, it's basically like what, it's like part of our consciousness got shut off. So, and that becomes unconscious. Right? And um, so trauma healing is like bringing consciousness like back into those places where, where the Shen has like left. And um, it's like shining a light and like, like gently like trying to bring, bring you back um, to your body. And because it first affects our body, it's um, so, so we can't just talk about it and, and make it all better. It has to be somatic. And that's why in the coaching work that I do, like, it, it's like, uh, it's, uh, it's really like um, embodiment is so important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, what a great story. Oh my gosh, Donna. That was yeah. That was phenomenal. So I was wondering, can you can you review for those of us who don't know? Um, you mentioned the five elements and the organs and the souls. I was wondering, can you tell us the organ, the element? Yeah. Yeah, so the five elements is um uh, well, actually, like each element, like it's associated with an organ or a pair of organs, and mm -hmm. um, and then also um, a season. Oh. And right now we're in the water elements of the year, <laughs> and um, and that's winter, and um, and so and that is um, correspond to the kidneys, uh, kidneys and urinary bladder. But then, like we. Uh, but then, like as kidney is the vital organs, um, and uh, and it houses the um, the the spirit that it houses is called jir, which is um, will, will not just like willpower, and that's like a whole <laughs> we can do a whole chapter on just uh, a will, <laughs> and um, so yeah, so and the emotions of um, is fear. For the water element, yeah. So it's, it's, um, yeah. So basically, the winter medicine, or what you can say, it's like uh, because, like, right now today, it's January 11th in the Bay Area. We are experiencing this winter storm. Yes. And um, so it's very. Uh, so yeah. So if we have time, we can like talk more about like um, more specific winter winter element um wisdom that um so yeah so um and in the five elements uh so the five elements or actually it's like more it it's better translated as the five phases because you can think of the five phases in the cycle and so uh, water nourishes wood and that's the wood element or the wood phase and um so and that is um uh, corresponding to the organs um the liver and the gallbladder and um and the spirit that houses is called the huan which is an, our ethereal soul and um and uh emotions that it's um it it's like um about anger and sometimes like when someone has like say a lot of frustration in life a lot of stress that really also impacts impact um the liver 
uh, when like I said, liver's energy can get stagnant and um, that also affects the, the flow of the chi. So, um, so, so, those, so that's a wood element in a nutshell. And that like wood nourishes um, fire because you can like burn firewood, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and um, so the fire element, the organs associated with it is um, the heart, yeah. heart and small intestine, actually. And um, and um, so as we talked about earlier, it houses the spirit that uh, houses is called the shin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, and the emotions. Is joy, or sometimes I, in the more pathological way, or lack of joy sometimes. Mm. And um, so after fire, and um, you can think of like the fire on top, and then like after that, is um, it moves to the earth elements because fire, like say, um, uh, it nourishes earth because like you know there is like say. Um, fire and after what what's burnt off the ashes it can also nourish the earth right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so um and so the earth elements that is uh, corresponding to the spleen and the stomach so that's all all about digestion not just like digesting food but also digesting life experiences and that's Mm -hmm. also really important in uh, like digesting uh what happened and that is like um, the uh, in like all events that can um, uh, cause trauma, and that's also like oh, what happened? Can, can someone fully digest that experience? Hmm. And um, so the spirit that it uh, that it houses is intention, and um, oh, uh, the the emotions or or uh, that it's corresponding to is like it's intention. Or intellect, it's uh, and the and the spirit that houses is um, is uh, yi, which is it's basically intention, mm-hmm. and um, and then earth nourishes metal. So metal element is um, lungs and um, large intestines. Those are the paired organs. And um, and the emotions that is uh, corresponding to it is um, grief, mm. and um, and it's all about like letting go and also taking in what's new, and um, and um, and also like, inspiration, and uh, and the uh, so this uh, spirit that it houses is. Um, it's the corporeal soul, which is called like poor. And, um, and that's like the, the say instinct. That, say huh? that again. Um, poor, it, it's, it's P-O. It's, um, oh. yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So and that's like the um, instincts, like a, somatically, um, like your felt sense, you know, what you can, and that's what, how you can, what you can feel, like say, like, oh, you feel cold, you feel hot, that's, that's the corporeal soul that, that helps you feel mm-hmm. it, yeah. yeah. I know I use the term, like, soul or spirit interchangeably, but 
-hmm. but like in China, because like in Chinese, it's all one word. <laughs> Sometimes like it's hard to uh, translate like exact word to English. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's so interesting. So, which what were the seasons? Um, mm -hmm. We got winter. What were yeah, what was yeah. spring and summer and fall? Yeah, so like water elements, that's winter, and mm -hmm. then uh, wood element is spring, okay. and um, fire element that is um, uh, summer, and um, and then earth element that is late summer, okay. and um, the metal element is um, it's autumn or fall. Oh, okay. Oh, this is so interesting. Yeah. When are you going to write your book? <laughs> yeah, if I have time. <laughs> but yeah, mm -hmm. it's all, all these, uh, all these really, really fascinating, like things like, like, you know, when I learned, learned about the, the um, uh, nervous system and trauma and like how it's being um, talked about in the more biomedical sense and it's all brings back to like oh wow yeah in Chinese medicine that's how how it corresponds and it's um and I, it's almost like just see it as like different it's like it's like this like sphere of reality you're looking at it this way you're looking at it that way and it just actually helped me understand um mm -hmm. yeah this whole yeah. thing better <laughs> right yeah because you also mentioned um you know about the tarot cards and and yeah. not not the reading, but what emotion comes up for you with the picture? You know, yeah. Thought, oh, well, so this is another big topic. You can talk oh, yeah, yeah. about like the imaginal and dream work, and totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. So it's it's so interesting. And then I just think, just right now, you know, you're you're a painter, and I was just thinking it would be so cool. You heard it here first. If you could like take a painting. And then juxtapose it with, you know, just because you said you were going to be dreaming now, you know, on your sabbatical. <laughs> and I was just like, you know, it doesn't have to be a cl clinical book necessarily, but it could just be, you know, Donna dreaming, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> uh -huh. yeah. So anyway, um, yeah. I, I would I would love to to read that book. <laughs> yeah and I talk about dreaming and I think January is a great time for dreaming it's a, all the time it's a great time for dreaming in terms of like noticing what doing dream journals and stuff but a lot of times like in January um, January 1st people do their new year resolution and goals and all that stuff right but then I actually you know it was still deep in winter and actually sometimes all the best thing to do is to not just getting enough rest, but then like really don't pay attention to your dreams, and um, like like what what uh, yeah, just paying attention to that, and um, and then we can make our goals and plans. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And what else should we we be doing now that it's cold and we're in the house? Hopefully, people are warm and have enough mm -hmm. shelter, um, mm -hmm. security. So what else, if we are in that space, should we be doing besides paying attention to our dreams and yeah. what else could we be doing to enhance our lives? Yeah, and, I think it's, um, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's like tending the fire. Mm. 
tending the fire within. Um, and like, it's like earlier when we talked about the yin and yang, right? And like, but what you notice is like, at the both, um, the like the black, uh, largest area of black, for example, in the yin, uh, in um, the yin yang symbol, mm -hmm. there's a white dot. And then like the largest like white part, there is a black dot, right? Mm -hmm. So that's like in the yin and yang, it's like, um, even though we're in the water element and we're talking about like the very yin time of the year mm -hmm. and um, especially like, you know, we're like one month, well, not about like what, three weeks after solstice. And I can like think of like the fire, um, uh, fire within that's like growing. Mm -hmm. And uh, it so, yeah. So besides like things like eating warm foods and like, just keeping warm and it's just really, really important to um think of like just like the little things like even even that that like helps like they like say for example if someone's been in isolation for a long time but that's a very yin phase right like inward and isolating mm -hmm. but like really like really think about like or just feel like say um uh whenever like say you have connection with someone and and uh, have a good laugh and like even just the little things and really like tending those fire. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, um, and sometimes like that's, um, that's like, a, uh, like what we can do, right. In the, in the dark, like in dark times in winter, where they think, think of it as like nighttime, mm -hmm. we're, we're like basically keeping the fire going so that, um, so that like say, oh, so that we can get through the winter. Mm -hmm. and um so on that it's also like say movement so it's like we talk a lot about getting enough rest getting enough sleep but then it's also like um important to keep moving at the same time <laughs> like mm -hmm. yeah during the days too like so that you may not be like say um do some intense workout like for an hour if you have not been like say working out um for like in the last couple of months, you don't want to jump back into it. But then like tending the fire in that sense would just mean, okay, you know, maybe every day you spend like a few minutes doing something a little bit more intense. Or like say you um, lose it, trying to like, just like get getting your chi flowing, loosen your joints by doing some stretching, qigong. And then you just really feeling like, oh, your joints are lubricated. And then like you let that like, fire grow and grow and then maybe like after you do that and then be like oh maybe I want to do something a little bit more intense but instead of let's say like say a 45 minutes by class maybe just like well I'll do five minutes like just like get get on it for five minutes and tomorrow maybe I'll do five minutes slow biking plus like 30 minutes sprint uh 30 second sprint and then mm -hmm. you just like kind of tending that fire yeah mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this has been such a lovely conversation. I, yeah, I could have scripted it better. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me here. I love yeah. talking about like all these things. And like, it's like winter always get me into a time where like, not just like talking about health. I've done like videos where it's like, you know, immune health and this and that. And winter is always a time that I just really just love to like, like think of the like the theories and philosophies like about like all these things that we're doing 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I always, um, I really, I have this meditation that I really like. It's a guided meditation. I like those the best. And and then in the meditation, it's from Plum Village, um, you know, Thich Nhat Hanh's um, uh, monastery home in in uh, in France. And um, and so they have all these videos. And one video in particular, it's only like eleven minutes, and it's showing love to our body. Mm-hmm. The meditation is called uh, mm-hmm. and. And this monk, she um, she takes us through our body, and it just it just makes I I I um I do the meditation before I go to sleep every night. It just makes me feel so good. And mm-hmm. and then at the end, she talks about how you know all of the different parts of our body are like our our jewels. Mm-hmm. And then she says, "I am so rich, and I am so happy." And and I just think all of these different um uh languages and tools that that we you know we're speaking about right now are ways for us to really appreciate our house you know that we're in Uh and and to um and to to um reverence it because it's not a permanent house you Uh know like nobody stays here forever and and like you mentioned um you know um there there might be something uh you know some kind of ache or some disease or something's going on with the body, but that's, we're not the disease and we're not the ache, you know? Yeah, yeah. And we can still appreciate the vessel, the house, cause we're here, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I'm breathing you're and talking and you're breathing and you're talking. So it's like, oh my goodness, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, yeah, I really, really, really like, you know, sort of that particular perspective. And that's why I really, really enjoy you know, your work as a healer, um, because, uh, you know, it's just, you know, it's an aura, you know, it's, and, and, um, and I know, you know, we haven't talked about it, but, you know, in the video, the one was talking about, you know, about, you know, reading the energy. And mm-hmm. now, you know, because of the protocols, you know, we don't, you don't look at our tongue, you know, uh, you do take our, our blood pressure, I mean, our, you know, our pulse, but so it's like, you really have to like strengthen your reading energy abilities if you can't look at the tongue, which, you know, which, which was, I'm sure, you know, gave you a lot of information that no, you no longer are able to access that way. Yeah, well, in Chinese medicine, like there are a lot of uh, ways that we read the body in, uh, to give us clues mm-hmm. in terms of imbalance. Um, like, yeah, the tongue, like we, uh, like uh that's one way to do it like just to like oh look, noticing the color of the tongue and and um and the tongue coat and sometimes like when i prescribe herbs if i feel like it's uh it would be helpful like i would ask them to lower their mask quickly and then like just stick their tongue out at me <laughs> but then there are also a lot of ways for us to um uh to give us clues like you know like in terms of how the body is like say the the temperature of the skin um the dry uh, is it moist is it dry um is it like flaccid is it like when i um palpate on an acupuncture point is it tight or is this just kind of sinks mm-hmm. and um so all these things give us clues <laughs> and also right. like what, what you mentioned before um the feeling of pulse you know 
Yeah, yeah, cool. Well, do you have any concluding thoughts? Um, please give um, our audience your information about, about the uh, Alameda Acupuncture um, Center, like give the address and your website and your phone number. Um, and other than that, do you have any concluding thoughts? So to wrap this wonderful conversation? <laughs> yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think it's just, uh, Wow, there's so much that we talk about, <laughs> but like, yeah, and I just, um, yeah, just concluding thought is like, just know that like, you know, our body is resilient, and like we may have trauma, but uh, we're not locked into it. And so, a lot of times, what we do as healers is just really giving the body, the space and time and um, to like hold the space so that, um, that there is permission to heal. There's like, um, so that a person feels that there's, it feels safe enough to, to be with what is uncomfortable. And, and so, um, yeah, so, so, yep. So with that said, like, so our center is like Alameda Community Acupuncture and we're located in Alameda, um, 1716 Lincoln Avenue. And our number is 510-255-0880. And um, our website is alamedacommunityacu.com. And I also work virtually with people um, uh, when we uh, try to do more uh, deeper um, guiding, when someone needs like, more guiding. Uh, so, but right now I'm on sabbatical. <laughs> I'm, I'm in my wintering. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so that's another avenue to work with me. Cool, cool, super. Wow, well, thank you so much, Donna, and um, really appreciated this this wisdom. And uh, and I uh, hope your sabbatical, you know, goes well for you. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I'll be in touch with regards to the coaching. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> a lot of big things are happening for me this first part of the year yeah you know, great, spring, great, great so. things too i heard <laughs> mm -hmm. yes 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 definitely <laughs> all right take good care thank you again this has been so lovely yeah me too thank, thank you so much glad, glad to be here mm -hmm. okay take bye care bye-bye take care